welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast, where it's all about learning from the best minds in the sport so you can train smarter, stay healthy, and run faster now. And now your host, Jeff Gaudet. Hey, fellow runners. Welcome back to the Runners Connect podcast. In today's episode, we're going to talk about running injuries. And while we've covered injury prevention in many of our previous podcasts and articles, we're going to talk about today what happens when you do get injured. Who should you go see? What are the best types of treatments? And how do you know when you're working with a provider who you can trust and won't just tell you to stop running? Thanks to a lot of bad advice, antiquated myths, and a fractured healthcare system, answering these questions, especially as they pertain to your running, is extremely difficult. So on today's show, we're going to talk with Dr. Ryan Schum, who's one of the most experienced and knowledgeable sports injury providers in the Boston area. Dr. Schum graduated with honors from McMaster University with a degree in kinesiology and later went on to obtain dual degrees in an, as a Master of Science in Applied Clinical Nutrition and as a Doctorate of Chiropractic. I'll spare you the remainder of his accomplishments, some of the teams that he's worked with, and his other experiences, uh, because he'll get to those on his own. However, suffice it to say that he's easily one of the most versatile and knowledgeable practitioners I've ever met. In this episode, we're going to discuss the most common mistakes runners make when they first get injured, and how being more proactive can reduce healing times dramatically. We're going to talk about how to properly vet a potential doctor, therapist, or chiropractor to ensure that they understand your needs as a runner. We're going to break down some of the myths about chiropractic care and how it can benefit runners. We look at acupuncture, debunk some of the myths, explain the science, and help you decide if it's a worthwhile treatment option for your injury. This is a really great interview, and we're going to bring Dr. Shum back on the show uh, in a future uh, uh, episode. So if you have questions or feedback for Dr. Shum, please leave them in the comments section at runnersconnect.net slash rc21. If you do that, we'll definitely make sure to ask your questions to Dr. Shum, and you can listen to the follow-up podcast and get your questions directly answered. So this is a longer-than-normal intro, so without further ado, let's get to the show. Hi, Ryan. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy day to chat with us today and, and teach us a lot about injuries, injury prevention, and, and how uh, runners can stay healthy. Perfect. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Great to be here. Not a problem. Um, so I did a little brief intro before this podcast, but... Um, I want to take some time for, for you to let to tell the audience in your own words um, about your background in sports medicine, um, how you got started and working with athletes, and kind of where you're working now and some of the things that you're working on now. Sure. Uh, wow. It's, uh, it's been quite a ride and a little bit of a story. So, um, you know, obviously I, I grew up being an athlete myself and playing different sports, including track, running, uh, and then also a very a variety of team sports. Um, originally, I'm from Canada. Now I'm based out of Boston. Uh, at a private practice in a clinic where I do see a lot of athlete patients uh, and I continue to do that at various levels, both from, you know, at the junior, like uh, adolescent level to all the way to the NFL and to the pros. Um, but uh, it's been fun. My background is originally in, uh, my undergrad was in kinesiology exercise science uh, out of McMaster University. Uh, and I was fortunate to get into that program some excellent publishers and uh, reviewers come out of there with their uh, research, uh, especially related to uh, cardiovascular performance and endurance type sport. Uh, from there, I ended, ended up going to grad school. I did a doctorate of chiropractic in, in New York uh, with a concurrent uh, master's of science in applied clinical nutrition. Um, I did uh, a quick stint in Miami Beach, which was nice. It was very conducive <laughs> for training uh, at a hospital there in a department of physical medicine rehab. Um, a couple of years of private practice in North Carolina, uh, worked with, uh, which has a great um, you know, 
a racing uh, culture and a bunch of groups down there. Uh, a lot of runners and triathletes. Uh, you know, I was fortunate to work with some really uh, great patients. Uh, some ended up qualifying going to Kona, a few other elite uh, events within like Boston, New York, and et cetera. And it was really fabulous to work with them, very talented individuals. Uh, and now I'm based out of Boston, and uh, we're, we're a group of uh, physicians that uh, work between Cambridge and Boston. Uh, we're affiliated with Harvard Sports Medicine, uh, MIT Sports Medicine, um, and uh, one of our other physicians works uh, with the Red Sox. Uh, we also work with Polo Cross, but see a variety of different athletes. But one of our big focuses, uh, you know, especially is, is running uh, injuries, uh, lower kinetic chain performance, which I'm sure a bunch of your audience has heard before. And we'll talk a bit about today. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so, so much. I mean, obviously, you have uh, just a, a not only the experience, but obviously the background to, that comes with it. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm really excited to to kind of dig into depth with some of those uh, you know running injuries that we kind of talked about or that you kind of alluded to. Um, right. So let's kind of get started with I guess the process that you see um, as a as a practitioner. Um, you know, when when runners come in to see you, they're already injured. Um, so what types yeah. of, of injuries are we, uh, or I should say, um, what are the common themes with a lot of the injuries that come in? Is, is, there, some, is there some type of weakness, a mechanical flaw, um, something right. that runners can do before they have to come see you that uh, they may be able to fix? Right, okay. So this is a very, very excellent question and a great thing, a great place to start. Uh, a, a common, you know, that we see with runners, and typically if you have to make a, a generic type of guess, with any runner that you may coach or, the, or a patient that I may see that comes in, uh, typically it's it's the product of some overuse or some sort of repetitive strain or trauma, and it, and it has to probably do with mechanics because you know running, um, unlike other some other sports uh, that are popular here in the United States, you know it's it's less about you know acute high force impact trauma, um, you know such as you know football or hockey or anything like that. Um, with running, it's, it's typically the part of repetitive cycles of impact, um, and it has to do with a little bit of the way, you know, yourself as a particular runner may be running, the way you're, you're controlling certain forces, uh, what we call in, in clinical biomechanics ground reaction forces, so when your foot strikes the ground, you know, how does the impact of your body, which is a massive space, recontacting the earth, you know, how does that forces get computed um, through the joints and muscles uh, through your body. And that has to do with a little bit with, um, you know, training before your prior experience as a runner, you know, a little bit of genetics of how your, your bone structure and your joint structure is. Um, but it typically does come down to mechanics, and, and, and that can be typically uh, worked on. Unfortunately, you know, the common theme is that some of the runners that come in, come in after they've developed some of these um, improper mechanics or inefficient mechanics and that has led to some sort of other injuries, some sort of knee or hip presentation, low back. Um, so that's a, that's the common you know conundrum with running. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I you're so right. And um, I would say, you know, I guess, do you think that there's, um, I guess, for runners at home, you know, one of the questions that I get a lot, and it's really hard to answer, and so I'm probably putting you on the spot by by asking you this, is, you know, a, a lot of runners say, you know, well, how do I run? You know, how do I run? What is the perfect form? And, I, and that's a hard question to answer because it's such a generalized or it's such a specific thing to each each particular runner. Um, but what would your general advice be on if you know somebody asking you, you know, what's the proper way to run? Right. That that's a that's a great question, and you're right. That is a tough question to answer for every practitioner. I would say I could we could probably gather a lot of different colleagues and experts from different fields 
um, you know, from, from you know, an anthropology standpoint, in terms of how we, we think we used to run, or how we, we think we used to run with our you know, shoes in, in prior prior uh, civilizations, um, you know, to even current, you know, modern day biomechanists, uh, clinical uh, physicians, um, and everyone would probably interpret it differently. And that's just because there's no uh, perfect clone or copycat of yourself who's also run or trained the same amount. So there's no real good, true scientific comparison. We can only analyze uh, and compare based on what we think as a whole when we take a group of people and analyze how they run as a group and, and, you know, and see how they're functioning. So the generic answer is, you're right, Everything, everyone is going to be inherently a little bit different and that's completely okay. Uh, I think the key thing for, for a runner in general when I talk to them about this and I get asked this a lot is, you know, check yourself every once in a while as you're training. You know, see if you're performing, you're, you're still experiencing good mobility in the joints that allow you to run smoothly, such as your hip, you know, you feel strong and stable at your knees, you're not getting, you know, prolonged achy sore pains, you're not getting symptoms that you're really just trying to ignore and just, you know, prolonging by going back into running. You know, if you have experience with these other issues, they could be early signs or symptomatic of something else going on or an adaptation of a change in your running style. Uh -huh. um, and so for you, your body structure and your body mass, it's, it's different from the next person. Um, right. So it's up to everyone to keep that in check as a runner. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and and uh, like, like I said, I knew it was a difficult question kind of coming at you with it. But, um, no problem. Uh, you know, uh, you, know you kind of touched on some things there, you know, that runners tend to run hurt. Or, or run injured a lot, um, you know, is that something that you see pretty, pretty common? And then obviously, if so, like, what do you suggest people do when they start to feel something? Um, you know, because I think there's always that difficult balance between, you know, what's just kind of an ache and a pain, and then what's something that I need to see a, a specialist about. You know, right, right. That that's a great uh, question. Is is, and that's that's the thing. You know, as as the majority of people who exercise out there, especially runners, you know, do a recreation thing or might do the odd race here and there. But it's, um, I can't tell you the number of times where I've seen a lot of uh, running patients who have come to seek some help or, uh, you know, some clinical guidance or at least an, an identification or diagnosis as to what's going on, you know, whatever, their foot, their calf, or near hip or low back. And um, they're coming and I ask them next, like, when's their next event? And they say, well, I race next week. And I've, I've had people come to me and say, I race you know, on Saturday, I was like, well, today's Wednesday. And, you know, clearly there's issues with, you know, and that, and that particular uh, incident, you know, that, in, that person had some significant uh, Achilles tendinosis where, you know, their tendon was, you know, very, very uh, symptomatic. Um, and, um, but anyways, the, the point is, is if you feel the, that something has changed in your running, if you feel symptoms that carry over after your run into normal daily life, you know, what we call ADLs, activities of daily living, you know, just walking, sitting, standing, moving around, you know, house activities and things like that. If you feel like it, it affects your ability or capacity to do that, you know, that may be an early sign of a preventable running injury and it, it's something you should address earlier rather than later because you don't want to be like so many other before. I made the mistake of ignoring it and assuming that it was just part of the training, you know, this, this concept of no pain, no gain when then it affects their ability to perform on race day or, you know, during, they don't feel confident even psychologically, you know, going into that taper period or whatever final period leading up to your event. And that, that's unfortunate because, you you know, you're going to go into your event 
and not feel like you're fully prepared. You know, something's in the back of your mind, and, and that's, you know, it's unnecessary. It's, it can be addressed earlier on mm -hmm. through our methods. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. Um, where do you see the general, or I guess maybe the biggest weak points in runners uh, tend to be, you know, do you find that there's an area that uh, kind of generates a lot of running injury or a lot of injuries, running injuries stem from? Um, and if so, you know, like, um, you know, do you recommend a lot of athletes doing a lot of prehab stuff to, to prevent some of that, uh, those weak areas? Right. Great, great point and a great word that you use prehab. So this, instead of we, the, the, the typical um, classical term of rehabilitation, meaning, you know, teaching exercises or different procedures to get your body back into running shape or whatever sport, um, you know, we, we now have this new nickname concept called prehab, where you, you do these exercise or conditioning uh, methods that are suited for you, that have been assessed for you, that can be uh, injury prevention for, for the purpose of injury prevention, but also to make you a better performer you know, when you're running on the road um, or wherever you're running, um, and so that you have a good performance uh, from your mechanics. Um, and so to answer your question, a common thing now in the past few years, and this has been actually really well done in the research, and, and you know, you'll hear this more and more amongst running coaches and, and strength coaches and trainers as well, because the information is starting to really disseminate. Um, a common area is the performance of, of the hip a little bit. Um, and then, you know, in maybe in prior generations of running, you know, when, when you hear about like runner's knee, IT band syndrome, you know, patellar tendinosis as, you know, some examples, uh -huh. patellofemoral syndrome, you know, some of these knee type conditions which turned out to be chronic and a little bit really an, uh, annoying, you know, they would go up and down in progress and, you know, up and down in terms of how they affected running performance. You know, newer research in the last few years has really highlighted how important it is to have really good hip mechanics. And that has to do with, you know, um, the combination of having good uh, hip stability control as to when your body impacts the ground, the hip is able to control the impact force when your foot strikes the ground, that all that force goes up, you know, what we call the kinetic chain, which is basically your leg into the, the foot, ankle, knee, and up to the hip and so forth. Uh -huh. um, and also the, the hip mobility, the ability for have the hip to have clean, good swinging motion so that you're really getting a lot of power and push there. That's where some of your more powerful, stronger muscles are, which propel your body forward step by step in your run. So this has been shown recently in a few years, you know, to have impact on, you know, low back function, on knee function. Um, and so this is, a, this is one focal point. But overall, it's, it's addressing for you as a particular runner, going back to our earlier point, um, the, the proper performance of your whole kinetic chain of, basically everything that allows your body to propel. So everything from your little toes all the way up, you know, to your, your back and, and uh, basically your, your core. So. Mm -hmm. no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm glad you said that and, and obviously reference a lot of the research because that's something that, that probably over the last year or so that we've really discovered, or I have at least, um, and looked at a lot of the research and found like, wow, this is that, you're right, that, that hip um, and the posterior chain is such a big uh, component of, of staying injury free. And I think nowadays coaches are really starting to get into runners' head that they can't just go out every day and run um, and expect to stay healthy if, if they really want to, you know, reach their maximum performance. So it's always nice to when it's kind of confirmed and um, and I, the way you explained it was uh, it made a lot of sense. So I appreciate it. Right. Um, now moving on to kind of actually one of the one of the reasons I was really excited to interview was interview you specifically um, is that you have a lot of experience with a, a ton of different. Uh, modalities and treatment methods and 
um, you know, you, you're, you have an extensive background. And so, um, one of the things that I've always, that I've always found difficult, uh, with working with runners and, and even as myself as a runner was finding the right person to go to and then the right modality to treat uh, a particular injury. Um, because as sure. you know, there's nothing worse than, uh, you know, for example, maybe having some type of injury and going to a physical therapist and the physical therapist saying, well, I can't help you. Or, you know, I should say waiting a week to get into the physical therapist, the physical therapist saying, oh, you need to see a podiatrist or an orthopedist and then waiting two weeks to get into one of those. And then by the time you know it, it's been a month before you've even started to diagnose the, what your injury is. So, um, it, it, I'd love to talk about, you know, the different types of modalities there are, um, you know, your thoughts on them, you know, who they can kind of benefit. Uh, when you might want to seek that type of treatment um, and kind of go from there. So um, I'd like to actually start uh, probably with uh, maybe the most controversial, um, at least from uh, the perspective of people that may not know a lot about it, but let's talk about chiropractic. Um, and again, this is something where I, I've written articles before where I've said, you know, uh, uh, you may want to visit a chiropractor and we get, you know, responses like, oh, chiropractors don't do anything. They're, they're kind of useless. Um, but, but I know they're not. I know in my experience they're not. I know, you know, tons of elite athletes use them. I know this, there's science that backs it up. Um, and, and you're a chiropractor or you have a, a doctorate in uh, chiropractor. So let's, uh, let's talk about who it can benefit and what it actually does. Great, great, great question. Um, you know, and, and, you know, to preface, you know, that, that first part of, you know, what, what can chiropractic, and particularly, more specifically, sports chiropractic can do for a lot of runners. Um, the, the general approach I have, especially, you know, for my own training and performance and the races I do, and then I, I, I also disseminate my general um, approach to my patients sometimes because they ask, uh, is that, you know, competency is key. You know, it really, it, it, it doesn't matter really uh, if you just have whatever letters behind their name. Um, if they're competent and they're very, you know, strong, they're well-read, they're up-to-date, they're very well-skilled, uh, and they, they have a good reputation, you can feel fairly competent going to them. But that, and that's in, that's in general for um, all different providers. Mm -hmm. uh, to answer your particular question with chiropractic, that's a very interesting question. So my original uh, entry for chiropractic was based on the fact that I worked with a, a very elite sports medicine uh, clinic in Toronto, uh, where I'm originally from. And um, the chiropractic chiropractor I was very, very, very good, very sharp on her knowledge, but also very skilled and very um, precise with her diagnostics and also her therapies that she applied. And they were clinically effective. Um, and those, that's the biggest, uh, another big underlying thing is, is, is it clinically effective for you? So for a lot of runners or who may or may not be experienced with chiropractic, chiropractors are basically uh, more contemporary model of care is musculoskeletal specialists uh, with a big emphasis on you know spine performance uh, but also now there's a big branch out with the world of sports chiropractic um, in fact one of the head directors medical directors for the US Olympic Committee and Training Center in Colorado Springs is, is a chiropractor um, and at the Vancouver uh, Olympics in the 2010 games um, there were approximately I believe 30 chiropractors out of a medical staff of 80 um, and uh, I, you know, it's just a, a random tribute fact. Um, but really, a lot of the good chiropractors, especially if you're a runner and athletes that you want to see, um, have a good emphasis and understanding of also soft tissue performance. Um, they have a some good hands-on manual skills. They have very thorough diagnostics in terms of, you know, when you first see them and consult them, 
do they take you through a very detailed and thorough and well-explained physical examination? Are they watching you walk around, step around? Do they even analyze your gait even? Do they analyze how you run? You know, I've done that in the past for some of my patients. Do they get you up and down to see, you know, how are you moving as a whole? Some squat performance tests, some reaching tests, and then some also on the table orthopedic tests. These are fundamental in gaining good clinical information as to how you're performing as a runner. Again, your mechanics. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, this particular realm of sports or orthopedic-based chiropractors are, can be really effective for your approach. And as a sidestep away from the runners for a second, uh, even when I was in North Carolina, some of the uh, you know pro football guys they sought this stuff out. They knew that uh -huh. this is effective to you know their performance. It helped their combine times, etc. Um, and so seeking a good chiropractor can de definitely be beneficial. You want to find someone, ideally in my mind, who will provide very specific care for what you need, whether that be addressing certain muscles or soft tissues or that be addressing some functional rehabilitation or exercises or prehab even. Um, and then also someone uh, who's very up to date on their running mechanics and their, their research behind that. You know, that that's the very paramount to understanding as to maybe why you're coming in with knee pain, but why it may be actually coming from somewhere else, the hip or the ankle, uh -huh. you know, adjacent areas. Um, and so chiropractors can be experts on that. You've got to find someone who will provide you with specific care and that the plan is very tailored toward you um, and that you are improving. Um, chiropractors are, are known for applying manipulative therapy, so like moving joints and high velocity. What that does, that helps restore motion and mobility. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, for, for you or in, in your, whoever, wherever your audience is in, in their area, find someone who will apply that when it's indicated and necessary, when it makes sense. You know, um, it, it's the, the newer approach and model of care and the higher standard of care now is really what components help out this athlete or this patient. You know, it's not, it should never ever be cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. you know, so that's a big thing. Yeah, no, that's very helpful um, because I, I know for me, one of the, you know, I, I moved around a fair amount when I was training at a high level and, and probably one of the hardest things was every time you move to a new area, you'd have to find kind of the, the right team of, of uh, you know, uh, doctors, physicians to kind of help you out when you, when you ran into problems like that. And it sounds like, you know, especially with uh, pretty much any provider, um, you know, you're going to obviously do your research, but then um, you provided some very helpful tips in terms of, you know, what you should look for when you go in uh, to see somebody to, to assess if they're going to be somebody that's going to be helpful to you or somebody that's just going to give you generic cookie cutter stuff that, you know, may or may not help, but isn't really specific to you. So that, that's extremely helpful. Um, what type of, uh, you know, if, if I was a runner, you know, with, with an injury or, or uh, I should say, some types of problems, what type of, um, when would I be looking to go to, to do some chiropractic work or be looking for a chiropractor? Are there any type of injuries or indications that would think, that would say, like, uh, a chiropractor might be the first, uh, the, the best first step? Um, th that, that could be a good first step. And, and um, you know, obviously it really depends. Like, this answer is going to vary depending on, you know, who, who we're talking to here. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I've, you know... I have had some patients who would come in and overall symptomatically they felt fine, overall they're performing fine, you know, but they, you know, we would still opt, you know, elect for uh, extra care, elective care, what we call it. Um, and basically we were categorized as sports performance or sports performance optimization care. Really, you know, we worked on, you know, some manual soft tissue issues on working on, you know, certain muscles or attachments, for example, or joints that we felt like could improve with some. 
mobility or some extra help a little bit prior to their race or competition. Um, you know, we saw this a lot, especially this was heightened with uh, some of our more elite patients that I've seen in the past. Uh, mm -hmm. A couple of guys who went on to compete uh, for Team USA uh, at London. Um, you know, a couple other individuals went to Kona, Boston, New York, etc. Uh, and uh, uh, they, they found it really helpful because they were very keen and aware as to how they're performing, even though symptomatically they were not, let's say, in overt knee pain or ankle pain or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is if you feel something is impairing your performance, you know, that in, in your running, in your training, you're having difficulty getting to the next step of your training stage, the next, you know, level of, of your training plan, you know, that might be a time to consider maybe what's going on. If you're starting to feel, you know, as typically as you ramp up in some meth method or another by some parameter, whether it be distance or, or time or reduced rest time in your training, as you get closer to your race day, if you feel that something is starting to, to, to feel different, um, that might also be an indicator as well, such as like, you know, you start to feel your little back so achy, it doesn't, it doesn't go away, you know, it, it used to go away a little bit, you know, you feel, you know, things are getting tight or not moving properly, you know, it's, you know, you, you should be the best uh, expert on your own body as to how you're feeling, especially as you're going through uh, running training. Um, and so, you know, that could be an early sign to just get in somewhere, get it checked out, uh, get it worked on a little bit, and it may be a very short, you know, course of care, maybe mm -hmm. a week or something like that, and you, you could almost sometimes do concurrently train uh, or on a modifying um, to sustain your gains, and uh, it could be effective early on to prevent, again, issues down the road that, you know, may affect you on race day. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think actually that goes back to the, your initial point when we were talking about runners waiting a really long before they go and seek, you know, some type of treatment, um, and, you know, from what it sounds like, you know, they, runners should be more aware of their bodies when something isn't right, and getting getting on top of it before it becomes debilitating to the point where they can't run for a month at a time or weeks at a time and, and get it taken care of right away, um, going right back to that original point. So, great, great advice. Right. Um, and, and I know another couple of therapies that, that you work with pretty closely, uh, you know, active release therapy is, is another one, uh, ART or ART as it's kind of referred to. Um, can you talk right. a little bit about what that is and, and, um, and kind of the movements that you go through? Sure, sure. Um, so, I mean, this, this, especially in the running world, and well, this is a very popular uh, name and modality, treatment, treatment method that gets tossed around. Uh, ART, uh, you know, ART stands for active release technique. Um, and it was developed by a chiropractor, and basically it's 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 patented, and it's very anatomically specific and movement specific manual soft tissue therapy. Meaning, you know, we based on you know the doctor's knowledge of you know where certain muscles uh, attach, certain structures attach. You know, we can isolate and knowing how they move and function, we can isolate some of those structures uh, if they could be impairing your performance or changing the way you move and your mechanics to get them moving properly and repair properly uh, for you. Uh, and so this, can, uh, this is just hands-on manual therapy. It's not invasive. Um, and uh, it, it's highly effective. You know, a lot of even you know, uh, folks at the pro level seek this out wherever they go. Um, and so uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's very effective because it offers a, a very specific uh, anatomical method to address issues you know, prior to considering more invasive issues such as, you know, uh, arthroscopic surgery or injection-based therapies mm -hmm. uh, or anything else like that. You know, this offers you a chance to really, earlier on, correct your mechanics and, 
um, you know, remove some of the movement restrictions that may be occurring in your kinetic chain or in muscles or different associated attachments. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it can also get rid of pain sometimes if you are coming in acutely with some pain because mm -hmm. some of the pain could be, uh, you know, being sourced from those regions. Um, but, you know, a good provider can, you know, assess that for you and, and calculate that together. Awesome. Um, I guess moving into the next uh, possible modality, I know, uh, or I believe acupuncture is also something that, that you uh, provide as well. Um, right. You know, and obviously that, I think that's probably in the same, I think a lot of runners probably view acupuncture and chiropractic in the same light sometimes where it's kind of like, does this really work? Um, so let's talk about, you know, acupuncture, you know, uh, a little bit what it is and then, you know, how it benefits athletes and, and uh, some of the science behind it. Sure. Yeah, the, the acupuncture is actually very interesting and very exciting. And I'm not just saying that because I've done it. And, and it's, um, there's, there's different forms of acupuncture. And it really, again, especially in the United States um, and even back home where I'm from in Canada, it, it varies depending on where you're from and who you see. So, you know, acupuncture has been around for centuries, you know, um, and most famously, you know, it's been developed by the, the Chinese civilization. And it, it, their concept, the traditional Chinese medicine acupuncture, you know, focused on applying these points or different areas in the body that they mapped out that they, um, you know, theorized affected your energy, your, your capacity to um, internally regulate your body function uh, and that this was a good access way to affect that. Newer, more what we call contemporary medical acupuncture, which is a little bit more of what I've been trained in, um, although we did also study the traditional Chinese method, um, you know, we look at really also the newer level of, of science and that's what's happening when we use this acupuncture function on where we apply the needle and different areas around it, you know, into the muscle and what happens with that. So, you know, acupuncture and, and some places they do it differently. They call it dry needling. Really, you know, overall it's just inserting a very, very tiny, should not be very symptomatic uh, type needle. It's very tiny. Um, and what this has been shown to do in some of the research is that it helps improve blood flow and vasculature to the area, especially to tough areas which are on your body that we, you know, none of us design our own anatomy, but are some areas are just a little bit more sluggish to recover. And this could be a good area to address that. Uh -huh. um, it's also very effective for uh, some pain management. Where functional MRI studies have shown that even changes in the brain can occur, even if you apply needles elsewhere away from, from the head. Uh, which is very fascinating. Um, it also it can be combined with even sometimes electroacupuncture. It doesn't have to be, but it can be combined with electroacupuncture sometimes to improve muscle um, activation capacity. So, for example, you hear, you know, as an example, all the time, some trainers and coaches say you got to fire your glutes, you got to, you know, use your hip extension, you got to push off that way. You know, this is can be a good method to base that again on good precision knowledge of the anatomy and how to apply the needle. You could gently apply some needles to um, stimulate the nerves that turn on some of those muscles and make it easier for those areas to reflex, reflexively respond to training. You know, um, and so this is a good intervention, not very invasive. Uh, typically, should not hurt. It should be actually kind of relaxing, uh, and this has been very effective. You know, I've applied this from you know a lot of my running patients to uh, my um, you know contact sports patients, some of my NFL combine patients. Uh -huh. And they've found it very effective at, you know, improving, you know, almost that brain to muscle communication, you know. Um, and so, you know, you want to ideally find someone who's able to, 
you know, find a place where you can test yourself after and see that you're noticing the effects. Yeah, that's good advice, actually, to, to be able to test yourself after, to kind of just see if it, if it works for you. Um, uh, right. I have two or three follow-up questions. Um, the first is, and I actually don't know the answer to this question, is uh, acupuncture licensed, or I should say, um, uh, yeah, licensed in the U.S. in the sense that uh, you, you need to have a license to do it, or uh, and just in the sense of people looking for, you know, uh, I guess maybe the right credentials for somebody who might be good, at, uh, good to work with doing acupuncture. Right, okay. That, uh, that's a great question, and that this is actually a growing topic uh, that's been going on for years. Um, f firstly, to, to answer the question, it, it again, it kind of depends on where you are in the United States. If we're, if we're talking about the U.S., okay, uh, you know, different states have different laws and different regulation and different um, licensing boards. Okay, um, you know, uh, overall though, you know, there's. Your pretty safe bet is to, in the States, to find someone who has an LEC, which is a licensed acupuncturist um, title. Okay. Uh, so typically that individual has gone through graduate school, graduate training of some sort. They've gone through clinical hours. Uh, it can range uh, from to being a two or three year master's degree. Um, I've been treated by such individuals. They're, they're competent. They're capable. Um, that's a pretty good sure bet. Um, but on the more sport performance side, this is where it can get a little gray depending on where you are. Mm -hmm. uh, in some states, uh, some chiropractors with the adequate required uh, training uh, can be licensed to perform acupuncture or dry needling as well. Um, and also, there's also naturopathic physicians as well who do it in some states as well. Um, the, and then there are also, too, now a growing number of physicians. I touched on in, your, in the prior uh, topic, we talked about uh, contemporary medical acupuncture. Mm -hmm. There's a growing number of physicians, including chiropractors, um, and, and uh, who are capable or seeking acupuncture training for their patients. Uh, this includes uh, physiatrists, uh, some DOs, uh, uh, osteopathic physicians, uh, who also apply it as well. And typically, this newer contemporary medical model is very in tune with this sports performance or sports medicine approach of uh, applying the acupuncture. Meaning that, um, for example, let you know, take again an example of, of knee pain. You know, when applying uh, needles for your knee pain, let's say you have some patellofemoral issues. You know, the application from the medical acupuncture perspective would be, how do I best apply needles to affect you know the nerves that are supplying this area, the muscles and the attachments in this area, and the areas that also support it. You know, um, from a neurological and a central standpoint you know, higher up at, you know, let's say the spine or, or hip or et cetera, um, or, and also some distal points uh, down from that at the ankle or foot, you know, whereas, you know, more traditionalist type acupuncture may apply it based on more uh, on different types of approach. They might apply it more based on different energies or, you know, quote unquote meridian pathways uh, that they feel are affecting your performance there. Um, you know, who, who's right or wrong, it, it's, it's really, it could be both. It really depends. That's, again, why I encourage everyone, no matter where you go, test yourself, retest, ask questions, you know, figure out if it's effective for you. You know, if it's effective for you, no problem. You'll, mm -hmm. you'll take it and leave. You'll take <laughs> it and run, literally. Right, right. Um, so what would you think that maybe some of the more, um, the, I should say, 
the injuries that would be most uh, uh, benefited by something like acupuncture because you mentioned, you know, the blood flow being a, a big uh, benefit of doing acupuncture. And I think immediately when you said that, I think like Achilles tendon because that's one of the, the main issues with an area like the Achilles is that it, it really doesn't get a good blood supply. Um, right. So obviously that would probably be one of them. But uh, what are some of the other running injuries that would be greatly benefited from, you know, trying out some acupuncture? Yeah, yeah. Trying out some of the uh, acupuncture journey, like, uh, Achilles tendon is a great one. I mean, that was actually, um, you know, I've seen some, you know, pretty damaged and degenerated and, and uh, trophic type changes in, in the Achilles tendon from different runners. Uh, and that was a factor of at least to keep them, you know, running, you know. Um, uh, and so it's, it's good too because, you know, usually when you apply, you want someone who's also comprehensive in that, you know, I applied needles also to supportive muscles that affected Achilles tendon function. For example, there's other deeper muscles inside the calf, um, you know, not, not to go over into a table, like for example, tibialis posterior, which is stabilizes the arch of your foot. It starts mm -hmm. in, the, in the inner part of your calf. Um, buy some needles there as well because, you know, while you're down there, let's make the treatment efficient and that we improve other supporting structures that are not directly attached to the Achilles tendon, but will improve your performance in stabilizing your foot and when you strike the ground. Um, so that's, that's a very good first example. Um, some other good cases which I've seen it very effective for are, are some, some back pain. You know, let's say if, you're, if your uh, joints are starting to feel a little bit compressed, they're starting to tighten up, or maybe, you, maybe we see a lot of runners who are not very good at, you know, supportive, you know, stretching or, or foam rolling or soft tissue release, self-release uh, type uh, procedures when they're not running. Um, you know, this, that can be effective for that as well. And then some really good cases, I've had some good outcomes with it for, um, you know, running, runner's knee, patellofemoral type syndromes, IT band type syndromes, you know, where we also support, again, to our earlier point, some supportive needles in the hip to make sure that we're having good hip rotation and extension control um, so that, you know, we're not creating extra strain or forces lower at the knee. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a great tool you can apply to have a very neuromusculoskeletal functional approach um, and, and, and enhances recovery. So, mm -hmm. No, that's that's awesome, and I'm glad you went into such depth about it because I think it's I think it's some, something that's probably underutilized uh, in sports medicine, especially when it comes to runners. A lot of, like I said, a lot of runners probably think of it as this, you know, energy kind of thing, and, and obviously it's not. You know, I, I've had experience with it. I know it. I know it works well, and um, I think when you find the competent person to, to work with, uh, it can definitely be very beneficial. So appreciate you going into depth. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this has been this has been an awesome interview, Ryan. I. I, I wish I had known somebody like you when I was uh, running at a competitive level, uh, you know, to, to have somebody to work with because it just sounds like it would have been awesome to, to just have somebody like you. Um, so for people that maybe are in the Boston, Cambridge, or even Massachusetts area, um, how can they find me? How can they find you and how can they hook up with you? Uh, sure. I mean, uh, I mean, I get questions all the time. Uh, you know, I've, like I said, I've, I've you know, practiced and, and worked in different locations from Florida, North Carolina. I'm, I'm working my way up the coast of Canada. Uh, but <laughs> Back to Canada. I get inquiries all the time. Yeah, but, uh, you know, uh, you can reach us um, through, I, I'm on LinkedIn, so if anyone wants to Google my name, you know, that's fine. You, uh, if my name should pop up on LinkedIn, uh, Dr. Ryan Shum. Okay. Um, well, and uh, before our purposes, we'll, uh, we'll throw up uh, links to all these uh, things that you're mentioning now. So for people that are listening to the podcast, you can go to runnersconnect.net slash rc21. And um, all these links that, um, that Ryan's throwing at you, we'll go ahead and post them up for you uh, as well. So, But uh, you said yeah, LinkedIn's a good place. And then um, uh, keep going. Sorry to interrupt you there. 
Oh no, no, perfect. That that's actually fantastic. Uh, you know, we'll we'll throw up uh, a couple of links to our clinic website and whatnot. And uh, and you know, what's the name I, of your I, clinic? Uh, since we haven't mentioned it yet. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I'm with a group called Calcicar, and we are. I am practice at uh, Blue Hill Sport and Spine. Uh, it's in downtown Boston on Lancaster Street, literally across the street from uh, the TD Garden. Uh, you know, if we could throw footballs at the TD Garden <laughs> wall if we wanted to. Uh, but it's a, it's a beautiful place. Uh, we're just downstairs from the Boston Spine Center uh, around the corner from MGH, uh, Massachusetts General Hospital. Um, so, you know, I, I love taking questions uh, and I, I like to answer as best I can. Um, you know, and, and that stems from me personally, you know, when I was younger, I had some of these injuries and, you know, I knew psychologically, even apart from the physical side, how frustrating it could be to not understand what really what's going on. Did I train differently? Did I do something correct? Mm -hmm. Why didn't anyone tell me? Why can't I find someone to help me out? And so, um, would love to discuss that. Whatever um, you know, your your followers uh, want to ask about or talk about anytime. Awesome, great. So, like I said, we'll throw up those links so people can get in touch with you, and um, and hopefully we'll have you back. Uh, you know, maybe doing a, a webinar to answer some people's questions or just answer some more questions. But uh, so far, this has been phenomenal. I, I've learned a lot. Um, I, I'm excited to, to share this with uh, everybody that's listening um, so they can learn some more. And uh, Ryan, I really appreciate your time. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I had a blast. And uh, anytime you want, love to talk about this stuff. I could talk about this for <laughs> days. So awesome. it's fun. Cool. Thanks, Ryan.